the gardening section of Organic Matters this week. I'm going to do a little different. I always say that. I never know what I'm going to do. I've decided I am what they used to call a baby boomer. I guess I'm still called a baby boomer. We're not babies anymore. We're kind of the old folks of the group now. So I'm going to do just a quickie here on what I'm going to call. And for those of you that have been with me for years, it still might be something. You know, you learn something every time. I sure do every time I listen or read something. A beginner's guide to growing your own food. Well, to some of us, that's way past. But I suddenly realized there's these gensers and millennials and all these groups that that are getting introduced to a world very different than I knew when I was their age. At the beginning of the 20th century, more than half of Americans still lived in rural areas. How we lived and what we ate were deeply intertwined, but today, fewer than 2%, that number astounded me, of people live on farms or ranch rural areas. Despite our trend, though, in what's big agriculture, start from the beginning, victory gardeners in the 1940s and plant lovers in the 60s and 70s, me chose to grow their own food. Today, millennials and a growing number of ginsers, I found that word, I didn't know that's what it was, recognize that kitchen gardening helps curtail their carbon emissions, connects them with their bioregion, their local living area, and saves them, many times if they're good at it, or not even very good at it, hard-earned cash. I'm making an attempt to use this guide to help you grow your own food, basically no matter where you live. So this is not a regional thing. Interestingly, another fact, by 2014, around one in three American households grew their own food, the highest precipitation in over a decade. Public figures, including folks like Michelle Obama, popularized edible gardening and brought the connection between food, health, and climate back into the national conversation. I really remember when it might have got me stimulated to do what I'm doing now as far as my show. By 2020, the country was primed for an explosion of what's commonly known as, and I didn't make this word up, I stole it, kitchen gardening. Supply chain issues, the challenges of shopping for food in a grocery store, the need to find safe outdoor activities drove many younger Americans to grow their own food, a la COVID, for instance. Strangely enough, you can get good things out of bad a lot of times. Nothing probably did more to promote gardening than the pandemic. It really grew. One of the successful businesses through that whole era, I say through it, things are still going on, was the home gardening and home and the nurseries that that, uh, they were running out of plants. They couldn't get enough. A survey conducted by retailer Bonnie, which is a big plant distributor, folks, look around where I am, found that nearly two in five people under the age of 35 reported growing their own veggies and herbs, many of whom were gardening for the very first time. Suddenly, that younger generation, which I can use definitely younger, uh, supplanted the baby boomers, me, as the largest demographic of home food gardeners, and they're still at it in many cases. Now, these young new gardeners faced unique challenges I didn't have compared to uh, me. Because the majority of the millennials live in urban areas and rent instead of using their, having their own homes, it can be difficult for them to find space or proper sun exposure to grow edible gardens. These gardeners must, quote-unquote, cultivate food in their kitchen, sort of, or, if they're lucky, in community gardens, which is an ever-growing good idea.
the generation gap also exposes itself as a wealth gap, not just in property ownership, but also in the wealth accumulation itself. Millennials make significantly less money than any generation before them, but they bear the cost of inflation, including food, in many cases more than I ever had to. At this point in our history, corn, soy, wheat, and rice subsidies make processed foods far less expensive than fresh fruits and vegetables. For people on a budget, affording the luxury of buying plants or seeds and waiting for them to produce edible food is just may, may not be as feasible as you'd think it would be on the surface. And here I have to talk about one of my favorite subjects. The same holds true for composting which has size limits if confined to an indoor space. What are you going to do? Without state or local ordinances that require municipal waste management to include composting, a genuinely circular food system remains a dream in some ways. Still, with a bit of research and some creativity, almost anyone can create an affordable, edible garden, no matter how small. If they want to do it, things can be made to work. And I should mention, what are the benefits of growing your own food? Growing your own food provides benefits to both personal and planetary well-being. It can help you create a circular waste stream, educate you on your local climate, and in many cases, even save you money. If you've listened to me before, you know I quote this a lot. We know now that as much as 40% of the food in the United States is wasted. A devastating and unsustainable Reality, given that we must feed our ever-growing population, brought it up a month ago, 8 billion of us now, food grown at home is less likely to go to waste because it can easily be picked fresh and consumed immediately. Plus, it tastes great, and they don't even mention, it's a hell of a lot better for you. And growing your own requires fewer transportation emissions from farm to store, store to table, blah, blah. And a study back in 2008, it found that about 15% of food-related emissions occur after food leaves the farm. And that's not counting for consumer transportation to home. Reduce your mileage or the mileage driven by a grocery delivery service and you save time by growing foods you consume regularly. And, of course, you save a little bit of a hitch on the environment. Every little bit counts. And one of my pet peeves, for those of you that listen already know this, reduces plastic waste. Fruits, vegetables, and herbs are notorious for being packaged in plastic, clamshell boxes, pre-proportioned mesh bags, plastic produce bags, all of which are basically non-recyclable. Many veggies and herbs can be grown in nearly any home, keeping that plastic out of the landfill and eventually, unfortunately I have to mention this, out of our drinking water. And folks, there's a type of composting for you no matter where you live. After using your homegrown veggies and herbs in a broth, repurpose the scraps into food for your food. Other words, welcome to the circular kitchen or the circular kitchen garden. And I got to remind you here, the only thing that makes an edible garden even better is an edible garden that attracts pollinators like bees and butterflies and birds, and in some cases, even bats. Just think about that when you plant. Let your kitchen garden double as a carbon garden. By taking pollinators into account, edible gardens can mimic natural relationships between plants and animals, creating carbon sinks that remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere, oh, and give the the critters around you a chance to live a little better. 
I just recently came a, across a study from Texas A&M, and they found that gardening can reduce stress and anxiety. Growing your own food also encourages you to eat more vegetables and fruits, which we all know is better for us. I'm not against that. Reduces your pesticide intake tremendously if you become an organic gardener and engages you in a relationship with the very food you eat. It's extremely satisfying. And as you really get into it, you're going to find out there's many foods you can grow for next to no investment. You can grow celery from scraps. <laughs> you can look that up. Uh, green onions in a jar of water. Culinary herbs like mint and basil can grow in containers, you know, by or in your kitchen window and really save you. A good, those, those little herbs are expensive as you go to the store. So, so they're less expensive and more fun to grow than any of these pre-cut things you have to go buy at the market. And just a reminder here, folks, you don't need a plot of land to grow your own food. You must think you do, but you can grow inside or outside so long as you have access to sunlight and water. Even a well-lit window can grow herbs and some of the other vegetables in very small containers. It'd be very rewarding. And if I have to give you an important notice, that's a thing to think about. Whether you're planting in your backyard or on your balcony or in your bedroom window, what you need is some good sun exposure. Most, at least many, edible plants, especially fruit trees and vegetables, require about six hours of full sun. Now, that can be split up during the day. It has not be all at once. But think about that. There are some shade plants we'll get into, maybe not on this particular uh, uh, production, but I will soon, that you can grow in less light. But in general, think of a, a six-hour duration if you're going to grow healthy foods for you to eat. If you're lucky enough to have a yard or even an area outside, you have your choice of things like beans, squashes, root vegetables, berries, herbs, and cruciferous vegetables, you know, the broccolis and the cabbage, all that. You've got to be a container gardener. Don't, don't give up. That works more towards herbs, tomatoes, peppers, onions, greens. And there's even a little tiny, well, they're not tiny, but fruit trees like Myers lemons that can grow in some pretty, pretty small spaces if they have to. And kind of on a personal side, because it's worked for me, consider planting a mix of foods instead of a single crop. It's called polyculture. And polyculture gardens have higher yields than monocultures. Most people don't realize that. You may also want to plan for a bit of a crop rotation through the growing seasons. It gives you a longer time to grow and it also varies the foods you get to try. If all you can do from where you are is container growing, then consider your container size when choosing your plants. A limited space garden can support peppers, herbs, kale, and greens grown in small containers. Beans, tomatoes, and cucumbers, on the other hand, need containers that are at least uh, a couple, a foot and a half wide or so if you're really going to grow a real viable uh, crop in each container. Choosing the right soil for this could be a whole show within itself. Just realize good, good finished composted soils going to be a little bit of cost up front, but it'll more more than pay you back in the rewards of, of taking the time and the little extra money it took to get good soil. And I have a friend right now trying to grow trees, and I keep trying to say this, and he's, he's going this way. Water deeply and infrequently. Instead of feeding your plants a little water all the time, deep and infrequent water encourages root growth. However, if you live in a particularly hot climate, or planted in terracotta containers, which dry out more quickly than glazed containers, you may still have to water up to twice daily in the hot weather if the top two inches of the soil begin to dry that fast. 
And if you're growing containers, do you realize this? Food, growing containers need fertilized a lot more often. They have nowhere else to get their sources. Uh, I would fertilize with the right kind of fertilizer, make it organic, please, uh, about once a week in closed containers. And finally, consider no matter what size your container is to mulch those plants. They got a small, minute micro habitat they're living in. Mulching is very important. It holds moisture. It lowers the temperature when it's hot. It, it keeps it a little warmer when it's cold. It's generally just a very, very good idea. So that's my approach for you newcomers in the gardening business. There's a whole lot more we can talk about. We'll do that next week. But if you want to grow something, unless you're living where there's no windows, no nothing, and you can't get out, there's things you can grow. And even then, hey, to bring this up there, hey, mushrooms are a great crop. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.